It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds Podcast. We're audio only today. I'm on the road traveling, so we don't have the video, but we've got a podcast for you. We're going to talk about the greatness of Joey Votto and previewing Alec Mills and the return of Dayman himself, Sonny Gray. And we've got some Jeff's junk mail to get to. That's all coming up on today's podcast brought to you by Spotify Green Room. They're changing the way that we talk sports. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we're just going to put the Padres series behind us, all right? We're going to look forward, and, well, we're also going to look back, too. We're going to start by looking back on the career of Joseph Daniel Vado. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. If you don't already follow the podcast, make sure that you're following here on your favorite podcasting app. And while there is no video element today, we do also have a YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to that at Lockdown Reds on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter as well, Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone. We'll get to some of those later in this episode. 513-549-0159. But I want to start with my favorite player, Joey Votto. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, I have a soft spot for one Joseph Daniel Votto. And you should too, because he is one of the best Reds ever to play the game, and that is undisputable. I know that there's people that love to harp on this and that about Joey and talk about his contract. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to those people here in just a minute, but I wanted to start off just by celebrating what has been an awesome career. He got to the 1,000 RBI plateau the other day, another milestone. He's got 1,000 RBIs, 1,063 runs scored, 305 home runs, Almost, he is 46 hits away from 2,000 hits. If he just doubles what he has done up to this point, up to uh, leading into Thursday's game, he had 46 hits leading into Thursday's game. If he just doubles that the rest of the way, he's going to get to 2,000 hits this year. And, hey, he even has 80 stolen bases. A career batting average of 303. And a career on base of a very Joey Votto 417. His OPS plus is 147. And he ranks pretty well in those in a lot of offensive categories. When you just look at the uh the composite number, wins above replacement for position players, he is fifth on the list at 61. Just behind Frank Robinson, just ahead of Joe Morgan. He is, uh, let's see, right behind uh, Morgan Big McPhee. You also got Veda Penson at 47.7, who he should be in the Hall of Fame, absolutely. Tony Perez at 45.6, and then Heine Grow and Ed Roush somehow both had the exact same wins above replacement for their career at 40.7, but Joey Votto at 61 is number five on the Reds' all-time list. He also comes in, I mean, the 417 on base, you don't even need to look to know. Best ever for a red. Now, it's only two points higher than Joe Morgan, but 
he is number one. He's number two in slugging per, or number three in slugging percentage, number two in OPS. And uh, behind Frank Robinson and both of those, slugging percentage-wise, Adam Dunn just a tick above him as well. But you look at everything that he has done for his career, just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you can even break it down like doubles. He's third on the list. He has 420 doubles. Pete Rose had 601. Barry Larkin at 441. Maybe in these last couple of years of his contract, I don't know if he's going to play past the end of his contract. He's a... The Reds have a team option for the 2024 season. I highly doubt they're going to take that. I'm not sure what the total number of dollars is, but I'm sure it's pretty high. Obviously, you get paid $25 million. You're not going to have an option for like $2 million. But uh, I think he might be at the end of the contract there. He is 19 home runs away from Frank Robinson. Uh, I don't think, I mean, maybe, maybe he continues this career renaissance of, uh, power and stuff like that. But Johnny bench is sitting at 389, the franchise all time leader in home runs. He's got to hit, uh, 85. Let's see. Yeah. Math, math is correct there. <laughs> He's got to hit 85 home runs from today forward to break that record. Don't know if he's going to do that. Maybe he will. And surprise us all. What's interesting also is, and, and this is a very, you know, they, they always say, you know, Cy Young in the course of his career led or is the all-time career major league baseball leader in wins. He's also the all-time career leader in losses. Joey Votto has walked more than any red in the history of baseball. 1,237 walks. He also has struck out more than any other red in the history of baseball. 1,400 and one strikeouts. What's interesting to note is Eugenio Suarez is already in the top 10 for career strikeouts for Reds hitters. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a whole nother segment. That's not great. But Joey Votto's career has been phenomenal. And if you look at his career and the first thing that you come to think of is his contract, then you're thinking wrong. The idea that people are mad about him being overpaid is just so backwards. And and the fact that there are even people that have blamed him on the fact that the Reds have not had winning rosters. That's not his fault. That's ownership. That's the front office. Your your blame is misplaced. That is like blaming the employee for making too much money. If your boss comes to you and offers you an exorbitant raise and maybe even in the back of your mind you might think that's too much, are you telling him no? Like, they did not come to Joey Votto and offer him $25 million a year and he say, you know what, I'd rather have 10. Nobody does that, all right? Make your money while you can, especially in professional sports. He's not meant to do this until he's 65. He's probably going to be doing this for, you know, two or three more years and that's it. He's 37 already. So, look. Make your money while you can. Joey Votto has an amazing talent, an amazing ability to play the game of baseball, and he's turned that into generational wealth for his family, whatever that might turn into. Why are you mad about that? That is ridiculous for anybody to sit here and look at his contract and be mad about it. Just stop. You're not a Reds fan if you do that. I'm calling you out. Stop it. Joey Votto is one of the best players in the history of this franchise. He is going to the Hall of Fame. He will be in Cooperstown, and you will look back on his career 
in like five or six years and you will miss him because he is one of the best this franchise has ever had. So for anybody to sit there and say, well, you got paid too much money and you wasn't good enough for that money, boo-hoo on you. You're a terrible Reds fan. All right, let's talk about this Reds Cubs series coming up. We've got Alec Mills against Sonny Gray. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same feel and buzz that you're used to, but without tobacco. Uh, it's available in nine flavors they've got uh, at FullyLoadedChew.com, and it's made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine which is the purest form of nicotine available. When you're talking about the kind of uh, nicotine pouches that Fully Loaded Chew makes, it's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches. Nothing feels and gives you the buzz like a Fully Loaded Chew. You can take advantage of our offer today. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get you'll get it for just $1. Get a trial offer for just $1 and free shipping if you use the code locked on at checkout. That's for my listeners today. Again, try it for $1 at fullyloadedchew.com and the promo code locked on that also includes free shipping. The next time that you go for a dip, make it fully loaded chew at fullyloadedchew.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, the Reds are beginning a crucial series with the Cubs here. They've got to make some hay against a divisional opponent this weekend and a divisional opponent that has been struggling here recently. I mean, they really had a tough time in Milwaukee getting anything going of any kind. For a moment there, they were in first. We were talking about a first-place Cubs team, and the narrative of the Chicago Cubs coming into the year really had a lot to do with will they or won't they? If they're winning, will they tear, Will they add talent to a roster that is looking to change quite a bit in the next few years? Or if they are losing, will they tear it down? And they've kind of done a little bit of both this year. They're 42 and 39, just three games over 500, coming off an off day on Thursday, and they are sitting firmly in second place in the NL Central, but as I mentioned here recently, not so good. In fact, they're coming into Cincinnati on a six-game losing streak, and they've won or they've lost seven of their last nine games. So, what does that mean for the Reds? They got to make some hay because the Reds need to get back in this race. They just keep treading water, hovering around 500. And that's not going to win it. I mean, the Brewers have been playing lights out like they can't lose. That's not going to be the way that they play all year. They're going to hit a slow spot. Where are the Reds whenever they hit that slow spot? If the Brewers are like 12 games ahead of the Reds, 
that's going to be one heck of a slow spot for the Reds to catch up. They have got to make up some ground, and the way you do that is against divisional opponents. The good thing is the Chicago Cubs don't hail from the NL West. We don't have to worry about that bad stuff anymore. And on the mound tonight against the Red Legs will be Alec Mills. You're going to look at his stats, and you're going to say, you know what, he's an okay pitcher, probably not the best of ERAs. His expected ERA says that he's getting a little unlucky, but not a ton unlucky. With a 5.11 ERA, he is a right-handed pitcher, which is nice. I mean, every time you look at the numbers, you look at, okay, is he righty or lefty? But his whole deal this year is that he's trying to pitch to the shift. If you look at his batted ball profile, lots of ground balls. 58% of the time he gives up ground ball, and 55% of the time the ball is hit to the pool side. So we're going to see lots of shifts from the Chicago Cubs, and we're going to see a lot of uh, attempts, at least, at weak contact initiated by Alec Mills. He doesn't strike people out. He is in the bottom percentage of the league, the bottom 6%, to be exact, with a 15.6% strikeout rate. He also doesn't want people either. He only has an 8.4 league average uh, walk percentage for the season. But again, it's it's all about the contact and what he gives up because if you look at all of his pitches, he throws a sinker, a four-seamer, a changeup, a slider, and a curve, but he gives up hits to all of them. In fact, the lowest expected batting average he has on any of his pitches is a sinker, at 249. Now he throws his sinker 47% of the time. True sinker sinker ball pitcher is Alec Mills and everything else is right around 12 to 14% for the other four pitches in his arsenal. He, like I said though, it's not a swing and miss pitch. He is trying to induce weak contact. He has only given up one home run all year in 61 batted ball events according to baseball savant. So how does the lineup capitalize on this? This feels like a day that Jesse Winker can have some fun with Alec Mills. We'll see if that happens. Speaking of fun, Sonny Gray is back. His first start back from the IL. It's going to be good to see him back in the rotation because that means that's one step closer to normalcy. Hopefully he can get it going quick. I know that his last IL stint It took him a few starts to really get going. We'll watch for those strikeout numbers to be really high. He was doing really well right before going back on the IL with the groin problem with the strikeouts. So hopefully he can induce quite a few of this Cubs lineup that does strike out quite a bit. And, I mean, we're looking at the middle of their lineup with Javi Baez. Javi Baez and Eugenio Suarez could about be the same person, at least when it comes to their strikeouts, and and Javi Baez does not walk. He has 12 walks in the entire season. 285 plate appearances, he's walked 12 times. Now, he does have 18 home runs. Again, a uh, shout-out to Eugenio Suarez, because if you aren't talking about home runs with Javi Baez, you're talking about an underperforming player. Except even with Eugenio, I think we're still talking about an underperforming player, even when you include the home runs. But it's just going to be about getting those pitches and getting swings and misses for Sonny Gray. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table today. I'm excited for his return. I hope you are too. 
looking forward to seeing how this game goes. And, and, and like I said, crucial series. I'm expecting the Reds to win two out of three of this one. And it's not just because I think that the Reds are better than the Cubs or something like that. We're talking about a red side that absolutely start it has to stop treading water and start gaining ground. And the way you do that is to take two out of three. So let's see if they can do that here tonight. All right, coming up, we've got some Jeff's junk mail on tap for you. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff. Before we talk about that, though, I wanted to tell you about Bilt Bar. I mean, I've been telling you about Bilt Bar for a long time now. You know how much I love it. You know my favorite flavor is Cherry Barcia. You take a bite, you get that amazing cherry flavor mixed with the 100% real chocolate, which is in every single bar. That is why they are the best protein bar on the market, bar none. And they've also great great stats, too. They take the taste of 100% real chocolate and the feel, so you're not eating like some kind of chalky protein bar with no taste, but they also add great stats, like less than 4 grams of sugar, less than 4 grams of carbs, and up to 17 and sometimes 18 grams of protein. Check them out today at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. You can buy a box of one flavor. You can buy a mixed box of all the different flavors. They've got many to choose from and plenty of limited flavors that they roll in and out as well. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. And also wanted to tell you about the promo code locked on at BetOnline.ag. If you set up your profile today and enter that promo code locked on, You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Plus, from time to time, I'll give you a tip or two so you can make money off your sports knowledge and you can make money off of my sports knowledge and everybody's making money. You can check out the lines on Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, all of that good stuff is at betonline.ag. Set up your profile today and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added Onto your initial deposit. Bet online is the only online sports book I trust, and you should too. With all the different lines that they've got money lines, run lines, you can take prop bets on individual players who you think is going to hit a homer, who you think is going to have a lot of strikeouts on the mound. All of that good stuff is at betonline.ag. So set up your profile today with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. All right, we got some good Jeff's junk mail to get to. And actually, my first question deals more with a general baseball topic than just the Reds. Shout out to Jeff from North Carolina for this question. He said, more of a general baseball question than Reds specific, but how do you think Shohei Otani will affect the way Major League Baseball decision makers approach two-way players? There have been a lot of talented prospects come in the league in recent years. However, they're usually told to pick a position. Could we see more players, not necessarily to the degree of Otani, but more players like Michael Lorenzen, both pitching and either pinch hitting or filling in at positions going forward? And will teams begin valuing the roster flexibility they bring? Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the question, Jeff. When I look at Shohei Otani, he is absolutely a unicorn. He is a one-of-a-kind guy. And, and that's even knowing his last start in New York a couple of nights ago when he only lasted two-thirds of an inning. That was the kind of game that I think uh, Joe Madden and, and Angels decision makers, kind of a nightmare for them because when they start him on the mound, they also start him in the lineup. And if you do that in the American League, you start the pitcher, then you punt 
the DH for the rest of the game. So every time they may, they basically have to treat it like a National League team, and they lead off with Otani. He he bats first. So that was an interesting night for them, and they ended up coming back and winning that game. So irony aside, baseball just does what baseball does. But I think on the whole, like you look what they've done with Lorenzen. They do put him in the field some, and and they love to pinch hit him, and he's definitely at least a worthwhile pinch hit option. And I think that that is the kind of flexibility that most teams wish they could have, especially with the fact you've got some guys coming in a pinch hit that just really aren't great hitters. And Michael Lorenzen is at least an okay hitter. I think he's even better. I, I don't know if uh, you guys remember the guy Micah Owings. He was actually a better hitter than a pitcher, although he was a pitcher who just happened to pinch hit. They never played him in the field or anything like that, unless it was a one-off on a weird game or something like that. But it wasn't as if you're saying, hey, Micah Owings could play center field. That, that was not the case. But there was this gimmicky feel to Micah Owings. There's not a gimmicky feel to Michael Lorenzen and definitely not a gimmicky feel to Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is one of the best players in the game. And I think that his mantra of being a two-way player will be interesting moving forward. I don't necessarily know that that's going to be a trend. We might see a handful of those guys, but I almost feel kind of a cross-sport reference with this. He's like a scrambling quarterback, a guy who is a run-first type dude like a Michael Vick or a Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has looked a, a lot more phenomenal and probably has more staying power than Michael Vick did, but it's all about injury, and with Shohei Otani, you also worry about his arm because he has had problems with that early on in his career. So can he stay healthy is the biggest question I think all MLB decision makers are still looking for. Hunter Green, whenever he was drafted, was also listed as a shortstop, not just a pitcher. But he quickly, they quickly had him just forget about playing shortstop and focus on pitching. So maybe when he gets up to the big leagues and, and hopefully when he is starting games and stuff, he is a good hitter, serviceable hitter when he's starting. But at the same token, I don't think they're going to put him out in the field. So while I think Shohei Otani is awesome and hopefully he continues to do the pitching and the hitting all at the same time, I definitely don't think it's a trend, at least not for another few years, because I think MLB decision makers are slow and conservative when it comes to this sort of thing. I mean, you saw how long it took them to get sabermetrics and analytics rolled into everyday uh, strategy for the game. So I think that when we're looking at two-way players, the trend, if it's beginning at all, is really just getting out of the station. And we're nowhere near like universal adoption of the idea of let's get one or two two-way guys on our roster. But I appreciate the question, Jeff. The next question comes from our buddy Chad in Lancaster. He asks, we, or he, he didn't really ask, he, he says, we need to come up with a nickname for the elbow finger twitch that Winker does whenever he's up to bat. I mean, thinking about stuff like that, and, and I also think about, you know, like the kiss in the fingers that Tyler Stevenson does. And it's funny because he's been asked a number of times, you know, what, when did that start? Why does he do that? Things like that. And he just basically writes it off as just a, a, a involuntary thing that he does. 
in the batter's box, not necessarily on purpose by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe that's the same thing with Winker. I remember uh, he, he talked with Jim Day earlier on in June, and Jim Day asked him about the lean back whenever he gets into the plate, and he said it's all about getting him comfortable. So the elbow flick and, and, and stuff like that, I, I think, uh, and the wing and the, <laughs> the finger twitch, uh, maybe that's him like tapping into his chi. I don't know. Maybe you got some thoughts on that. I, I put that one to the crowd cause it's an interesting thought. I mean, I always think of different players that had ticks like that. Like you think of Sean Casey and he would always adjust his batting gloves in between each pitch. You think of, you think of, uh, not, not a red, but Nomar Garcia Parra had about 25 different things that he did pre-pitch. It, it was kind of kind of funny there, but it's an interesting thought, Chad. I, I appreciate the question. We'll, we'll pose that to the crowd, though. And our last question today comes from Liam. Appreciate the question, Liam. He says, hey, Jeff, what are your thoughts on India's base running? I know he's fast, but it feels like he's always getting picked off or making dumb errors like oversliding second base against Minnesota last week or a couple weeks ago, especially given the situation. That being it took away the opportunity for the sack fly from Winker. For someone who's only stolen a few bags and has Winker and Castellanos right behind him, he seems pretty reckless. Let me know if you agree. I kind of agree, but only in the sense that he's a rookie. I, I just kind of chalk up some of the things that he's done to rookie mistakes that he'll get the feel for how to kind of go 100% and then figure it out when he needs to dial it back and stuff like that. Like the oversliding thing, that's one of those you just kind of got to shake your head at. Like, man, it did suck. But at the same time, I, I look at this and I say, in a year or two, it's not going to be a problem. He is going to hone this stuff in. I love the aggressiveness on the base bats because that's something that we just don't have guys on this roster who have the capability to do it, let alone actually have the aggressiveness. So I love what Winker or what India has done in his base running. It is a little bit frustrating at times, but it's kind of like some of the errors that he has made. I just chalk it up to the more reps he gets, the better off he's going to be. And it's just a rookie mistake. I love the fact that he's the leadoff guy and he is the catalyst on the base paths. At least he's giving the pitcher something to think about. Like when Winker gets on base, you don't really got to think about him. When Joey gets on base, when Tucker gets on base, when Stevenson gets on base, like they're there, but they're not in the back of the pitcher's mind. The, The whole leading off and kind of messing with him and distracting him from the next pitch that's really more what Jonathan India can bring to the table. And once he figures out the kind of boundaries of that, where he can go all in and where he can dial it back a little bit, then he is going to be so awesome. I mean, we have seen great talent from him. There's still plenty of upside with his career and plenty for him to improve upon. But I, I love the question, Liam. Thank you. Thank you for all of the Locked On Reds line stuff for Jeff's junk mail today. But that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast here on this Friday. Hopefully we've got a great series ahead with the Reds and Cubs. We will recap that on Monday, and I'll be back on YouTube to talk all about that. Thank you so much for listening today, though. And now go check out the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast hosted by Aram Layton. He takes a look at the minor leagues around all of the major leagues. 
Check it out today, wherever you find your podcasts. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk to each and every one of you on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.